Hi, I'm Miss Marcy, and you are listening to Conversations with Miss Marcy podcast. If you are looking for watered down conversations, this might not be the podcast for you. I'm just saying. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Conversations with Miss Marcy. I am Miss Marcy, and I want to thank all my listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for sharing this podcast. And if you, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. And, you know, like I always tell y'all, you could be listening to any podcast, all the millions of podcasts out there, but you choose to listen to this one. So for that, I appreciate you. Now, I got a few things I want to get into. First, let me get into how how I'm feeling. You know, um, basically I'm feeling pretty good. Um, just been so much going on lately, which I'm going to get into that stuff. But it's been so much going on lately that you know I've just been trying to still, you know, keep 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 the sanity, keep the peace. You know, just just be cool and calm and um, protect my energy and everything, and just you know, so. I guess overall, I'm 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 cool. You know, as far as you know, mental health checking, I'm cool. You know, you just never know these days. We gotta check on each other. You know, from week to week or whatever, whatever. Make sure, you know, make sure you're good. Make sure your family is good. Your love, you know, whoever your loved ones are. Make sure everybody good. So anyway, um, so first I want to talk about this. Okay, there's unfortunately there is some unrest in minnesota again i remember around this time last year the whole george floyd situation popped off now we have a new situation with um i believe his name is dante or yeah dante right he was 20 years old he was shot by the police now they're trying to say that it was an accident so he was shot by a female officer he was pulled over it was basically a just a, you know they were pulling him over he was on the phone with his mom when they pulled him over he said that he was getting pulled over because he had some air fresheners you know in the in the uh, in the review mirror but actually he was being pulled over because he had expired registration now legally they they do have the right to pull you over because of that you know so they pulled him over and it seems like the situation seemed okay like it was just normal routine doing what they had to do it seemed like he was cooperating and he was compliant and everything but then all of a sudden he just like tried to like resist or whatever and he jumped um i think the report said he jumped back into his car or something like that or he just tried to like he just basically he made a quick move so yeah he made a real quick move now mind y'all the whole um, Derek Chauvin case is going on, which is the officer who killed, um, George Floyd. So that's going on right now. That whole trial is going on. That's been coming on every day. I really haven't been tuning in. I've been kind of like turning to it, kind of peeking at it, but then I turn from it. My thing about that is I don't even understand why there's even a fucking trial going on. Why is there? I mean, I mean, damn. I mean, we saw on the video, I just my thing is that 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 type of stuff just irks me, and you know it's because it's it's a white cop. You know that's it. Because if I I felt I feel like if that was a black cop, it wouldn't even be no damn trial going on. You have all the evidence you need. It's just 
just annoying. But anyway, so that's going on already in the court. Okay. So then this happened to this, this just had to happen. So her as the female officer, she shoots him or whatever, shot him in the chest, talking about it was an accident. She was basically, um, I guess she said that she tried to reach for her taser, but she ended up reaching for her gun. My, it's funny how you reach for your gun instead of your taser. As a trained officer, you know the difference between the taser and a gun. You see, so it's just overall, I, I it started to become a trend with these officers and these unarmed black men. It, and it's, it's, it's just too much of a trend. Now, I know back in the day, we've always had cases or whatever, but like, you know, like the whole Rodney King situation, everything, but it's just starting to become too much of a trend now to where it's just sickening for real. It's just very sickening. Now, the guy, what happened was going back to the, to the, um, Dante guy. So they also found that he had a warrant, which is why they were getting ready to arrest him and there, you know, and you know how they run your plates in or whatever your license in or whatever um this happened at the brooklyn center and like i said in minnesota and um so basically like i said he had a warrant out for his arrest for some stuff from previously from um i believe they said he tried to um i think they said he tried to run away from the cops previously um what happened i what did the report say um Okay, so in a brief, I'm going to read this. It says, um, yeah, it says the officer who fatally shot a black man, her name was Kim Potter, okay? The officer, she fatally shot a black man during a traffic stop near Minneapolis, mistakenly confused her gun for her taser. Uh, Police officials said on Monday, quickly releasing video as they tried to ease tensions in a state on edge over the Derek Chauvin trial. Now it says in a brief, in a brief clip of body camera video, officers from the Brooklyn Center Police Department can be seen trying to handcuff the driver Dante Wright before he suddenly lurches back into his car. One of the officers aims a weapon at Mr. Wright and shouts, "Taser, Taser, Taser!" She fires one round, and Mr. Wright groans in pain. Holy shit, I shot him. The officer can be heard shouting. Um man, later Monday the, later later Monday, the officer who fired the fatal shot was identified as Kim Potter, who has worked for the department for 26 years. This is crazy. It's just crazy. Mm, mm. So yeah, and, and they're trying to say that they're hoping that this whole situation doesn't influence the jurors on the Derek Chauvin case. Well, it's not even about it influencing them. I, I, I think the jurors in the Derek Chauvin case, hell, I think they already have their minds made up. I know I would. They want, They don't want me on the fucking case. They don't want me as a juror because I'm going to damn sh- I, There's nothing else I need to see. There's nothing else I need to know. And they're trying to push this whole opi- opioid thing. They're trying to keep talking about the whole, um, uh, what was it? 
what they say he had in his system fentanyl or some shit and his girlfriend came out and talked about how they had you know they they basically engaged in uh the drugs or whatever but my thing is it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i wish they would stop trying to do that but of course they're gonna try to do that they have to find a loophole to try to get this man either off or to get him to serve less time then they also serve they all they also paid his family that money they're going to try to use that as well i'm sure they are it's like no the family can't have the money and they can't also like he can't they can't give all that money which the state of the the damn minnesota they couldn't even afford to really give that family that money for real for real but they did it so my thing is i in my personal opinion i feel like they gave them that money because they have a trick up their sleeve. I'm telling you, they're going to either, if that man get any time, it's not going to be a whole lot. And they're going to try to use the fact that they awarded his family that money. I'm telling y'all. But anyway, there is really, like I said, there's really nothing to really look at. I mean, hell, like I said, if I was on the jury, if I was the jury of uh, one of the jurors, there would be nothing to figure out. It's a no-brainer. It's not fucking, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they're 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 saying that they hope that this doesn't influence the jurors or whatever, <sighs> whatever, whatever. So um, it's just I have a whole thing about this whole all this stuff. Um, but let me see. Um, I want to go back to why they said he had um i know they said something about he had a warrant previously from a situation where he tried to uh run from the police before or whatever where is it goodness okay so mr wright was facing here it is mr wright was facing two misdemeanor charges after minneapolis police said that he had carried a pistol without a permit and had run away from officers last June, okay? And his mother, Katie Wright, she told the reporters that her son had been driving a car his family had given him two weeks ago, and that he had called her as he was being pulled over. And like I said before, he said that they pulled him over because he had air fresheners hanging from his rearview mirror or whatever. So... And I think they said he was riding with his girlfriend. And then the car ended up, after he got shot, the car ended up crashing. I'm guessing the girlfriend is okay. This is just too much. This is just too much. And mm -hmm. so they're using the, the, the body camera film, film or whatever, the footage from the body cam to see if she's going to remain on the force or not. It says Chief Tim Gannon of the Brooklyn Center Police Department said in a news conference that it would use the body camera video of the shooting to determine whether Officer Potter would remain on the force. See how they always got to debate? They always got to fucking, they always have to debate. Now, I saw a video uh, yesterday where there was a white officer and a white man and the white off the officer pulled the guy over and he was in a truck. He was on the highway, pulled him over. And he said, hey, you know, I guess the guy told him he had a gun in the car. He said, hey, could you remove the gun, you know, just for my safety? Man, that white guy stepped out of that car. He stepped out of that truck, came out. It was a big-ass rifle. 
he shot that officer, just caught him off guard, shot him. See, and that the officer died. You see? So, I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like when it comes to black men, I don't know what it is about black men, but these officers, they carry on and they conduct themselves as if black men have a history or a pattern of killing officers. Now, don't get me wrong. I feel like if shit, the way the way white officers, the way they treat black men, I mean, hell, they're lucky that black men don't start just shooting their asses back. But what I'm saying is, I feel like they treat black men as if they already have this, you know, they, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really think that if they... I could see if black men had an issue with shooting officers. If you always turned around and heard that, you know, a black man killed a police officer or a black man shot at a police officer. Okay. I could maybe see them acting like this, but it's like, that's not where black men are. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like it's not the case. You just there. I'm tired of just hearing about them getting shot. Just, just, just like, just because it's almost like y'all know how I'll be saying, Sometimes when people already know what you've been through with other people, like, like I be saying, like for if, if a guy meet a girl and if you tell that guy what you went through with somebody else in a sick, twisted way, he'll turn around and do the same shit that that other person did. I, I'm, I kind of feel like this with this whole, this whole shit. I'm starting to feel like these, these white officers, they already know the history that black people ha- are, are dealing, you know, they already know what we're dealing with and what we've dealt with. But it's like in a sick ass twisted way. It's like they don't give a fuck. They want to do it too. They, you, you know, does that make sense to anybody? And it's just crazy. So here's my thing. So one of my cousins, he's an older guy. You know, he's like in his 70s and stuff. And he was telling me one time we were, we were having a conversation about this when the whole George Floyd situation happened. And my cousin said to me, he said, this is not going to stop. He said, they're not going to stop killing killing our people. And, and, you know, I was hoping he was wrong, but it just seemed like he's not. And, and it's really just crazy. It's, it's just It's just crazy. And here's my thing. I look at everything. I look at the whole... Um, just, just everything as a whole that we're, we're always fighting for justice or fighting for, um, equality. We're always, I mean, as black people, we are, it's always something that we're trying to get justice for. And and I think that is just some bullshit. And so it just makes me think that overall in the country of America, it's like, in, in a way, it's like they they always want us to feel like we don't belong here. And when you, when I think back now, I, I, I can get a little, you know, a little deep here. Cause y'all know I, I have a, I have a like inside joke with my friends. I be telling them like, y'all know I'm woke now. Shit. I'm woke. <laughs> but no, here's my thing. It, it, I look back at slavery, right? Think about how, as far as our ancestors, they came, the white man came and took us from Africa, brought us over here to a land that they had already stole. It, it's one of the things where they treat us like, they treat black people like we are the ones who are known for the lynching and killing and all that kind of stuff. And it's them. We have more reason to fear they asses than they have to fear us. But for some reason they fear black men. But anyway, so they come over there, they go, they go get our ancestors, bring our, bring, bring them over here, treat them less than animals. They treated animals better than they treated black people. Hello. Let's just be real. 
So they bring us over here, work us, do everything, rape our women, beat the shit out of us, beat the shit out of our men, beat the shit out of our children, do everything that you shouldn't do to a human being and all of this mess. And so we 400 years of captivity, we deal with that. Our ancestors rather deal with that shit, come out of it with PTSD because ain't no way in hell you can come out of something like that unscathed you just cannot the the human mind can only fathom so much and all of that torment all of that torture all of that be all of the beatings all of the uh, everything we come out with ptsd so even though physically we finally become free but then again we really wasn't free but anyway we become free we uh we get our freedom our quote and i'm using air quotes we get our freedom but mentally we're still dealing with the trauma we have not even been really that far removed from slavery if you think about it this generation we're really not that far removed from slavery so there's still a lot of that trauma that black folks have not even healed from and yet we're still dealing with it and i think back to the days of the martin luther kings and the malcolm x those days they were fighting for rights and the right to vote the right to be able to sit on a bus uh, you know with you know as as you know with uh, white folks or whatever you know all of this stuff they were fighting for and then you look at what's going on today and it's like don't get me wrong we have made a lot of we've made a lot of progress as black people because you know we we have certain uh rights that and freedoms that our ancestors did not have however it still seems like there's still things that go on that takes us back that makes us think that makes me feel like damn it's still we're still not there yet so what i'm trying to say in a nutshell is that i think that this stuff is going to take more generations um it's, there's going to be more generations to come before we actually truly, truly, truly see change and progress. You know, I can't say progress. Like I said, we have made progress, but there's going to take more generations to come before this whole, there's a, there's an ugly stigma of racism attached to just the whole American history between blacks and whites. It's because like I was trying to say before is that they brought us over here. This was never our fucking land. This was never our country. So I feel that deep down, they always, they never want us to get 100% comfortable. They they always want to somehow keep us feeling like we really don't belong. Like this isn't really our home. For real. That, that's what it feels like. So there's always going to be this inferior you know, this, this, uh, this just, this ugly, um, just this ugly attachment of, of, like I said, inferior, inferiority and superiority where the white man wants to always feel superior to the black man. And I just feel like it's never, it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop for many more years to come. Again, we are not that far removed from race. I mean, from um, slavery, we're not. And so again, I feel like there's still some residue on us. There's still some residue, even in this generation from that ugly ass history. It just all goes back to the ugly ass history between blacks and whites in America. That's it. So when the real change happens, because it will happen. I do believe that in my heart it will happen. But I believe I won't be here to see it. 
and maybe my children won't be here to see it, but it's going to happen. But like I said, it's going to, it's, it's going to take a while. I'm sorry, because we are still fighting for things that our ancestors fought for. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things. And it, and I'm, I'm sorry. It's just crazy. Like all these police, mm, it's crazy. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It, it's just, this is just a lot. And hopefully the situation with Derek Chauvin, I hope he gets the time he deserves. I hope it, I hope they do not let that man off. I hope his fucking wife has left him. I hope his children disown him. Like I would, I mean, I probably shouldn't talk like that, <laughs> but I'm being honest. You know, they should, they, they talk about, you know, you shouldn't be eye for an eye, but Hey, listen, I'm a person. Okay. And I, I don't always claim to, to, to feel the right emotions or the certain things they, you know what I'm saying? Like I like sometimes I'll be having some, some wicked emotions myself. And in this case, shit, yes, I, I don't wish that Derek Chauvin guy, mm -mm, no good, but anyway, so hopefully he gets the time he deserves because it's going to be, oh man, woo, mm -mm, this is crazy. So man so yeah so that's going on in minnesota and um like i said it's just a lot i feel like i went on a rant there for a second <laughs> like i just went on a damn rant but for real that's how i feel i'm like i'm you know one of my friends told me he said everything ain't got nothing to do with slavery but you know sometimes i feel like it does I, when it comes to blacks and whites it it, it it does start from the or the origins which was the slave you know slavery they brought us over here this wasn't our fucking land this wasn't our place and i feel like they always want to keep us in our place if y'all know what i mean and that's really what i'm trying to say they always want to keep us in our place they always want to remind us that, damn it, this is not really your home. And you got black people now who honestly be looking down on Africans. But hell no, you got a lot of Africans that look down on black, uh, you know, American blacks. They do. They do. They be thinking they better than us. And this is what I, I've, I've, I've actually seen it from my own eyes because I've, you know, I see a lot of Africans around here, you know. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that they're mean or anything like that, but you can just tell. You can just tell. And I think that's interesting being that, you know, that's where our ancestors are from, Africa. But I think that they look at us like we've been diluted. The um the black Americans, we've been diluted. And I mean, we have, it's just, you know, we're Americanized or whatever. But it's like, it's almost like... um. I, well, I can't say we're not welcome back into or to you know the home country or anything, but it, it's just they don't really look at us like mm -mm. no, they don't. They really don't. I mean, I would like to have an if I have any African listeners, hell, please don't take offense to this. I would hell, I would like to have you on my podcast. You can come on here and we can talk about it. I would actually love to do that. You know, just to kind of talk about some of the, the stereotypes and some of the, the hearsay that I've heard about. You know, how Africans truly feel about black Africans or whatever. So anyway, so, so we're going to all be sitting back to see how that's going, that's going to, that's going to pan out or whatever. But I, I feel sorry for the people in Minnesota. Cause yeah, like I said, they just, hell, they even, they haven't even gotten over the, the whole George Floyd situation. And then now they're dealing with this and, and the city is in chaos. 
right now. It's in chaos. It's just crazy. So anyway, all right. Uh, so that's what I want to say about that. And speaking of um, white folks and how they treat uh, black folks. So Diddy got backlashed um, a few days ago because he basically wrote a letter to corporate America basically saying uh, white corporations for the treatment of black, black folks. And he caught a lot of backlash um, because people started talking about him and his shit. Like, hold up, wait a minute. You know, because if you think about a lot of his artists who were on Bad Boy record label, the only one who really seemed like they did really, I mean, well, a lot of them seem like they did well for a moment, but you know what I'm saying? But none of them are really doing well now. And that's kind of crazy. It's almost make you wonder like, damn, is Bad Boy cursed? And they, they're basically saying, did he got all the money or whatever? So... I guess he was trying to call out white corporations, but the people on Twitter and their own social media, everything, they came back at him like, women, hold on. No, it starts with us. It starts with us first. We got to treat each other good. And, you know, um, you know, you got to look at it. It's like, I don't know. Like if you look at this artist, like 112, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, what I hear, they're doing little, look like plays. I mean, I'm not saying little plays like plays are not, you know, important, but I'm just saying, um then you got total i mean you know what i'm saying craig mac died broke from what i heard you know what i mean uh faith evans i mean she's still around and she's still relevant but i think she really only honestly i think faith evans is relevant because for one she married to stevie J. um also she was on the r&b divas or whatever but she, you know what i'm saying then Lil kim hell she filed for bankruptcy but Lil kim was never a bad boy artist believe it or not as far as i if i'm not mistaken kim was never on bad boy label i think everybody just thought that because of her um you know her affiliation with bad boy and biggie or whatever but if i'm not mistaken i i'm gonna have to go back look that uh matter of fact hell why not look it up now? Um, let me see. Yeah, because I don't think she was signed. I don't think Kim was signed with Bad Boy. I'll be like, wanting to have my facts straight. Who was uh, signed to? Okay. So, she was actually with... Uh, well, she was discovered by Biggie, of course. We know that. See, yeah, she was with uh, a label called E1. And then she was with Atlantic. And then I think she went... I think Kim went independent with Queen B and Big B. But yeah, it doesn't say anything about her being with Bad Boy. She was never an, a Bad Boy artist. She was just... I knew I was right about that. She was just... uh Had her affiliation with them. But anyway. Then Shine. We all know the story with Shine. He did all that prison time. Mm. And then what's that one guy? Carl Tom. What was his name? Carl Thomas, the one that made. And I wish I never met her at all. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, is somebody? Oh, Loon. I think he was locked up. Uh, yeah, just all of them. Just not really. I don't know. I wouldn't have. It just seemed like that record label. I don't know. I don't think I would have wanted to been on that, that, that label. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, so he caused some backlash for that or whatever. And um, yeah, it was just bad. It's just 
Black Rob, that's what made me think about this. That's what made me want to talk about it. Did y'all see Black Rob? So, oh my gosh. I, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. Let me talk about this this next story. Um, So, the woman who, the, the Black Lives founder, uh, Black Lives Matter founder, Patrice uh, Colors or whatever. I think that's her last name, Colors. She's the co-founder. Well, honey, she's under a lot of scrutiny right now. She's being investigated and stuff because she done bought her four luxury homes. Okay. Four luxury homes. Now, this is so not a good look because people are already kind of, you know, jumping off of the Black Lives Matter bandwagon. Now, don't get me wrong. We do support the, 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 the meaning and the cause, but situations like this, along with other situations, the funding and everything, as far as uh, the, 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 the questioning of the funding and where the money is going and all that, where the money reside, honey, where the money reside. And that is not giving this organization a good look. It's starting to make it seem like it's a joke and that they're only using this to gain basically a monetary um gain or whatever you know what i'm saying like it's not good now for luxury homes like that is not like that was the wrong move and the black lives matter organization made 90 million dollars okay 90 million dollars and then the co-founder bought four luxury homes that is not good I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you stuff like that makes people not even want to donate to certain charities and, and certain funds or whatever. I mean, some people just be like, you know, they're over it because don't nobody want to feel like they're supporting the cause or they're supporting this and supporting that. And then really you're taking the money and you're doing other stuff. And some of these, some of these celebrities, I just, I'm so like, just tired of seeing them sometimes in certain situations, especially when it comes to stuff like the whole black lives matter. I'm not saying that they don't have a right to be out there on the front lines and, 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 you know, marching and, and basically protesting and everything. I'm not saying that, but I do feel like some of these people are just thirsting and, and attention whoring. And sometimes I just don't feel like it's genuine. I just, I just really don't. I, I, I just think that they use it as an opportunity to kind of basically to, to give a good look to themselves because some of that is some of the, the way these people move, some of them, some of these celebrities, it's just not even, man, it's not even, you can tell it's not even genuine. You could just tell. And so, yeah, I wanted to mention that because I just thought that was crazy. So she, that, that took a lot of nerve. Why, why would you think that you could get away with buying four luxury homes and nobody's going to question it? Nobody's going to, and you're the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. Man. Mm, mm, I know one thing to combat this. They need to go ahead and do something really big for the black community. You have to, you have, you, that's what I would do. If I, if I knew I was involved in, in this movement, but I knew I was kind of foul, I ain't gonna lie. If I was moving, if I was low key, kind of dirty with it, I'm sitting up here. See money bring out a lot of ugly in people. Money really do show 
a lot of things about a lot of people. So my thing is if, 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 if it was me, if I was in this type of situation and I'm sitting up here low key being scandalous with the money, whatever, I'm just, you know, I'm collecting all this money from this organization or whatever. And then I'm found out because I done sat up here and bought four luxury homes where I done bought a damn yacht and I done bought. Y'all remember when, when, uh, the, the mega pastures was being under investigation, you can't, do certain things you just you can't move in certain ways especially when it comes to money and people y'all remember when when uh creflo dollar caught all that backlash because he was asking his members to help fund her private jet i remember when joyce meyer td jakes all of them was being investigated because one people the people wanted to know what the hell why y'all gotta have a yacht why y'all gotta have a private jet what the hell and they were being oh Joe Osteen too. They were being uh, under investigation, but I don't know what ended up happening with that. I guess um, like one of my good girlfriends, we was talking about this. And she was like, "There's really nothing that um, there's nothing that they can do." Like I guess like the IRS or whatever. There's nothing that they really can do. But yeah, that's that's some stuff. Like when you have big organizations and you you know you're basically got people donating to you and everything. I remember one time Juanita Bynum. I don't know if I told y'all this story before, but I remember one time Juanita Bynum came here to Columbus, Ohio. She came to my church, as a matter of fact, and this was back when she was real hot. I mean, and you know what? It's another thing. It's like even with those mega pastors, like for real, it be like like they're like celebrities and stuff and like like i just said when juanita bottom was hot because back then she was she was on fire you always saw her on a lot of stuff now you don't hear nothing from her ever since she got married to that pastor weeks guy and then I, they had that altercation in the parking lot where he beat her up or whatever i don't hear nothing about her no more i don't even see her i don't hear nothing about juanita bottom but anyway so she came to the church or whatever and she was you know she was preaching or whatever and she had made a statement saying, you know, God told me to tell, I think she said 77 people to donate X amount of money or whatever. And I just kind of got turned off a little bit by that because I'm just like, I don't think God told you to do that. I think you're doing that on your own. And I mean, if, if, if the Lord did tell her that, okay, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm trying to question it, but I just really didn't feel like, no, I just, no, to just, to put a number on it like that. To, I mean, why can't people just donate what they want to donate or what they can donate? You, you put a number on there like that. I was just like, mm, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. She said, God told me to sell X amount of people to donate X amount of dollars. Mm-mm. Man, I ain't about to sit up here. That, God didn't tell her that. I'm sorry. I no. She she told she wanted the people to donate that amount. It might have been for her flight or whatever. Ain't no telling. But my whole point is, yeah, so when it comes to stuff like that, yeah, people get suspicious. You you know, you rolling up here in a in a Rolls Royce or you rolling up here in a Bentley or whatever. Or Bugatti or whatever. It's people want to know, like, well, hold the fuck on. What you doing with the money? <laughs> especially especially like them organizations like the churches where, and I ain't trying to be funny, y'all. I, I don't know if y'all, who I don't know whoever want to believe this or whoever know this or don't want to believe it, but church is a business too. Don't get it twisted. Church is a business too. So to some in, in some ways, they move like a business do too. Yeah. So I ain't, I ain't trying to say nothing about 
the pastor or nothing like that. I ain't trying to say nothing about the pastor delivering that, delivering that word. Nah, but I'm just saying the church itself, those, yeah, that, that's, yeah, church is a business. So, but like I said, people get suspicious when you see the type of churches for real that they really don't be up to par, but they got all these offerings going on every week. And it's like, well, hold on. When we going to get the air conditioner fixed? But the pastor riding in a, 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 a dang on BMW or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so Miss Patrice, honey, she, that's how she's moving. So we, we, we gonna, we gonna see what's gonna happen with that child, please. Mm-mm-mm. Making it look, making the black folks lives, black lives matter look bad. So, um, so going back to what I was saying about Black Rob. Okay, so yes, Black Rob, they showed him in the hospital. He was rushed to the hospital a couple of days ago. He was having some respiratory issues. Well, he was in the hospital and they said that Black Rob has had like five or four strokes, man. And, and you know, in the past, like what, five years? And I'm going back to um the whole Diddy thing or whatever. I wanted to touch on that. But like, yeah, he's doing really, really bad. And they was asking him to say, you know, what did he want to say about DMX or whatever? And it was like, hell, Black Rob seemed like he could barely fucking like talk. Now, Black Rob, for, for y'all that don't know, he's that guy. He was a big hit in the early 2000s. He the one had that song um, called Whoa. I had this bad bitch uptown. She was whoa. That was a big hit in the early 2000s. And so, yeah, he just, man, like, ooh, man, he just looked really sick. You know what I mean? I heard he's doing a little bit better, but he's doing really, like, it's just really bad. But anyway, so speaking of DMX, that's what I wanted to get to. All right, so I wanted to kind of, you know, get to this kind of like towards the end or whatever. So, unfortunately, as we um, all know, as you guys probably already heard, and if you don't know, DMX did pass away on um, April the 9th, which was, what was that, last Friday, I believe? He died, yeah, April 9th. He went ahead, you know, I guess they took him off the uh, life support. His family made the decision to take him off life support, and he passed away at the age of 50. Y'all know what was weird. I I I I meant to mention this before. It, it was interesting. It was just so weird how the day that DMX went into the hospital was on four three two one. Okay, now y'all remember he had a song called four three two one with uh, I believe it was LL Cool J and it was somebody else. I can't even think of it right now. But yeah like i thought that was really crazy that was really weird but yeah so he has transitioned and joined the ancestors and my thing is i feel like i know in my previous podcast i was like you know he's gonna be blessed either way if he live he's gonna be blessed if he even if he doesn't make it well my thing is this even if he had lived he wasn't gonna be the same so and if you don't have the quality, a good quality of life, when people, you know, can't really enjoy a good quality of life because of, you know, health issues, sometimes they don't want to be here no more. They don't. And with him, you know, going without oxygen for, for, I think it was like they said 30 minutes or whatever, that just really kind of, that's what, you know, um, so 
I, I do feel like he is he he's 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 free now. Everybody knows that DMX kind of struggled, you know. Like I said in my previous podcast, he had the um you know, he had that drug addiction going on and it, it yeah, it's just from the age of 14, you know, his his this damn weed was laced with fucking crack, you know? And uh it's just really man, it's just unfortunate. Um, but I, I, I posted about this on my, um, Instagram actually, cause I wanted to, um, you know, I just wanted to, uh, post it or whatever. Cause I, you know, I just really thought that it, DMX was a very interesting person. He was a very real and raw person. And, um, so this is what I had to say. Uh, this is on my personal page. So after, you know, we got the word that he passed, so I put this on there. I said, some were hoping for the best and preparing for the worst, while others felt there was no need to hope for the best because they felt they already knew this would be the outcome. Um, either way, the music world has definitely taken, a, taken, a, taken another L with this one. The last time I actually saw DMX was during the versus battle with Snoop and I so enjoyed it. I wanted to post a few well, because I posted a few clips or whatever from the versus battle. I said I wanted to post a few clips from that moment because this was one of my favorite verses. But also I love the energy the two the, the two of them had. It was so good to see X happy and it was good to see him with a fat belly because y'all know he had that big ass belly. Seeing X with weight on him was a great thing because that meant he was more than likely sober. I was also glad to see he and Snoop giving each other their flowers in that moment because just like that, X was gone nine months later. Yep, he will be gone nine months later. Yeah, because they were telling, you know, X told, you know, Snoop told X he loved him. And I just really thought it was beautiful. Another thing I saw X on Wendy Williams, it was, I think it was like October 2020. She gave him his flowers too. It was beautiful. That was such a beautiful interview because they had like a little bit of bad blood from back in the day. Y'all know Wendy used to be messy as hell, but she did something X then like years ago when she, when they first met. I think he tried to give her his uh, CD or tape or something and she kind of just disregarded it or whatever. Um, this was way back in the radio Wendy days and she kind of just disregarded his, uh, his tape or CD or whatever. And he just felt some type of way after that. And plus he said she, he didn't like the way she, how she do people at times. Cause really real talk, regardless of, um, anything else, X was, X seemed like he was a, a pretty good dude. He really do. But anyway, like he cared about treating people kind or whatever. But anyway, so, you know, Wendy told him like, oh, you know what? That's, you know what? But she said, people grow and people change, you know? And he said, yeah, you're right. And I like the fact that they were able to just move past the, the past and they were able to get on with the interview. And it was a really good interview. And then he brought his son on there, his baby boy. I think that's his baby boy. I think that's his youngest. The one, he, that's the child he has with his, with that's the child he had with his current fiance. And he brought him in the interview towards the end because you know we could hear his son in the background it was just such a beautiful interview goodness anyway um so back to my post i said extra struggle with with the with the demon of drug addiction was never a secret as he was never shy or embarrassed in making that known he also kept that same energy when it came to his strong faith in god Although he has made his transition and his soul has left his body, 
he now has eternal peace. When it comes to drug and alcohol addiction, some people have particular opinions on why those are a person's chosen vice. Therefore, they reserve compassion for an addict. People are definitely entitled to their opinions. So the only thing I will say is this. We must be very careful about how we speak on the way someone deals with life and pain. You never, you can never be too sure about how you will react or respond to events and circumstances that will take place in your own life. The bottom line is we never know how much time we have with one another on earth. All we can do is treat each, I'm sorry, all we can do is treat each other. Hold on. Damn it. Okay. All we can do is treat each other kind, extend understanding and compassion to one another. Give people their flowers. Now, fuck waiting until they die and then posting it to their social media. Never say what you won't do in life because you really don't know. Take time to create memories with loved ones and be present in the moment. Stop making your cell phone and stupid ass social media a priority when you are in the presence of loved ones. Make every moment count. Yes. And I truly feel like that. And you know, I've been seeing a lot of things about DMX flooded in my timelines and stuff. And I don't mind. It just shows like, man, he was well-loved. He was a good, he was just like a well-loved person. And like I said, in my last podcast, I compared him to Tupac. Um, They had the same energy. I wonder if they would have got along had they both, you know, had Tupac still lived all this time. And I want to go back to what I said about not making your cell phone in social media a priority when you're around people. You know, a lot of times I, I see, you know, we, we just need to treat each other better nowadays. We just really do. People be in front of their friends and family and stuff. And when I'm around my friends and family, I'm making my business not to even be on my phone. I do. I'm making my business not to be in my phone because I feel like this. Like I said, we don't know how much time we have here with one another, right? So you don't know if your visit with this person is your last visit. So you want to be engaged and you want to be in the present. Don't be all in your phone making it look like, you know, you 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 find Facebook or Instagram more important than this person that's sitting in front of you. And then what if that's your last visit with that person? And so your last moment is going to be remembered as you were not even engaged or you just, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I really do appreciate when we didn't have social media. I really do. I really do appreciate those times we made better. We just made memories. Now everybody want to, even when they do get together and try to create memories, they, they want to put it on social media and it, uh, it's just, I could go on and on about that, but I won't, I won't, I won't. I think I've talked about that before anyway. So, and speaking of another real quick situation with, um, I, I forgot to mention this as far as police shootings. So I saw on the shade room that the Kenosha police officer who shot and paralyzed Jacob Blake has returned to work and will not face further discipline. Wow. This shit is happening so much. I'm not going to lie. I don't even really remember who Jacob Blake was, man. I'm sorry. This shit is just happening so much. And I'm going to tell y'all something else. And I don't mean to be all over the place, but I just remember that. Okay. Um, some things you just can't do. I'm going back to the guy, the, the guy who shot, who got shot recently, Dante Wright, when he tried to make a quick move or whatever, 
there's just some things you can't do, especially as a black person, when it comes, when you're in the presence of an officer, you just can't, you can't make moves like that. You can't be jumping all over the place or trying to resist the rest. Just like that guy, Richard Brooks, who got killed in the Wendy's parking lot this past summer. And now I'm not trying to be funny. No, he didn't deserve to die. He did not deserve to die. I'm just, I just felt like when he tried, first of all, he was beating the shit out of the, out of the fucking cops. It was beating the shit out of the officers. Then he tried to run. Like, come on. Like you can't do, it's just the temperature is too high with all this black. Oh my God. Black lives matters and stuff. It's just too much going on. You can't do certain things. You just can't. But anyway, um, I wanted to mention that or whatever, but going back to DMX, I love the fact that DMX always put God first. He, no matter what he was going through, no matter what his struggle was, hey, that man always, always expressed his strong faith in God. He, he did. He really did. And he, you know what? DMX was only one of the only few people. He was like really the only tough, hard rapper because he was a tough person, but he wasn't afraid to be vulnerable. He would be, and DMX would cry. You know, he would cry and he, you know, he would pray for people, but he would also cry. And I know a lot of times they always try to make it seem like men shouldn't cry. That shows weakness and, and showing vulnerability is not good. And shit, DMX, like, and, and, and nobody ever, ever tried to clown him for that. Nobody never tried to turn around and say, oh, he a weak ass nigga. Nah, he was still, you know, he was still respected for real. And, and I don't know, man, I just feel like, that that just showed you, you know, he was just a real man. Like he was a very um he was a very honest person, you know. And I was laughing at his interview on Wendy Williams because she was asking him about a movie he was supposed to be, he was supposed to be in. And she was like she was like, So, um, what was the movie about? Tell us about the movie. <laughs> so he started talking about it. And then he was like, Well, it, I play a I play a I think he played an officer in a movie or something. He was like, I play, you know, this officer, we catch the bad guy and it's about this guy that, and then he was like, you know what? I really don't know what the movie, I, I, honestly, I don't remember what the movie's about. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> like, shit, like, you know what? Let me quit. Let me just quit trying to act like I know. I don't know what the hell, I forgot what the hell the movie about. I just know my part. I know I went in and read my lines and I was supposed to play this. I played this part. I played that part. That's all I remember. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah um i like the fact like i said that he always put god first no matter what no matter what he always put god first and uh let me see what was my favorite dmx song i i want to say one of them was um the song because all that i want is you which i just found out that that was faith evans singing the hook oh my gosh like I did not know that that was Faith Evans. <laughs> like my ass, the song. Um, I'm politicking with this chick, something, something named Jamaica, little hood rat from 25th, whatever. What do you say? Knew she was a thug because when I met her, she had a scarf on. 5411 size seven. Hey, that was that shit right there. Then I liked the song he had with Cisco. What these bitches want from a really want. Child, that was that shit. Oh, that was the shit. Man, that was the shit. And then um he had a song with Monica too. I had it was on her um after the storm album. 
I remember that. That was a pretty good one. But yeah, he DMX was that dude. Like for real, overall, he was that nigga. He was that nigga. He really was. So Azalea Banks was saying something interesting. She was saying because she was he was her he, DMX was one of her favorite rappers as well, and so she was um, commenting. Y'all know Azalea Banks; she crazy as fuck. She always up in some drama, but she was saying some real shit. She was saying that these record labels need to start taking better care of these artists. And you know what? I agree with her. See, a lot of these artists they be their health be deteriorating. I mean, I'm not saying that it's the record label's fault, but what I'm saying is. It's like your job, just like when you work for a company, corporate company, they have things like some of them have, like, I know, uh, one of my good girlfriends worked for AT&T and AT&T, they, they have it where like, let's say if you got a drug problem or whatever, you got some shit going on, they'll put your ass in rehab. You see what I'm saying? And, and then like, I know the company I work for, they, like my nine to five, they have mental health resources. They have, you know, they have mental health resources where if you need counseling or whatever, you can, you can sign up for, I mean, not sign up for it, but you can like look into it or whatever. You got your insurance. Basically it comes with your insurance and just different stuff for the employee that the benefits and, and Azalea Banks was basically saying these record labels need to start offering benefits to these artists. And I agree with that. Because they sit up here, they be a lot of them be on drugs, snooting and tooting cocaine and shit, or they be doing stuff out of the pressure, you know, from the fucking label. And, and you know, if I was an artist, I would go independent. I would go independent as fuck because I, I wouldn't want to deal with the pressure. You basically sign your life over to the record label, and then and then and then a lot of people be going through shit with their contracts and stuff. So they go through a lot of stuff, and. She was basically saying they need to start taking care of these artists. They need to have like rehabilitation and stuff. Like, and she was she wasn't telling no lies though. She was telling the truth. They do. You know how many artists don't went down um, because of drugs or whatever. And it seemed like the record label all they end up doing is oh okay well you know you know. So I I agree with her like I really do. And um, so yeah, I just think that something needs to be done like there needs to be a something put in place something better for the artists and it's just like i said it's just been it's been a struggle for dmx for a long time you know what i really hope i hope he him and his son xavier made peace i think that was his firstborn out of his like 15 kids but i don't know i know they had they were on ayana fix my life some years ago and it was bad um it was just, you know, it was just, it wasn't good. But I, I hope they have made amends, you know, since then or whatever. Because DMX loved his kids, you know, he did. He loved his kids and everything. And, um, yeah, so, and a lot of people may not know this either, but DMX was a transitional deacon for a church at one point. And, and that may explain why his prayers, like, oh my gosh. But they said before that he was always, he felt like he couldn't pray like you know how a lot of us feel like oh my god you know we hear when we hear like people in the church pray they pray you know pray all you know nice and fancy and stuff and they you know but i learned that you don't have to do all that you don't i mean you don't have to be a fancy prayer you just because i know me a lot of times i just start talking i talk to god like 
like I'm talking to, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I pray, I make sure I, 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 I get the points across that I'm trying to get out or whatever. And I, and I, and you just know, like, you know, God know what it is you trying to say or whatever you're trying to get out. You know, I just, yeah, I really, um, I really do feel like all that fancy stuff and trying to be cute when you pray and stuff, you know, you got to just, you know, Pray in your original way, how you are, how you, just you as a person. Don't, if you don't talk fancy and all that kind of stuff, just don't even, you know, I just, like I said, I just keep it real authentic. I don't try to be all, you know, no type of way. But when I say that DMX could pray, the thing is like, he was like a, you know, he, his was like poetry as well. Like, oh my gosh, I let y'all hear the clips last time. So... Yeah, I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't skip. I feel like I was all over the place in this podcast. Oh, shit. oh my goodness! <laughs> oh goodness! Oh man! So, all right, y'all. I think that is all. I do not want to be making this too long. Bad enough, I'm all over the place, and I'm a ha- then I had a nerve to make the shit long. Y'all probably like, what the hell? <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, I think that's it, man. I think that's it. So, um, mm, that, I had a few more things I wanted to touch on, but you know what? I'm I'm going to let it be for the next episode. I'm going to let it be for the next episode because, uh, yeah, this one kind of, you know, kind of was longer than I expected. <laughs> so, um all right so uh all right child what i'm gonna do is this i'm gonna let um speaking of dmx and his prayers i'm gonna let dmx prayer take us you know uh take us exit about here so basically the first clip i want y'all to hear is him actually on um um I, it was on drink champs and he just did that interview shit like what february 13th not so long before he died or whatever and um and then i'm uh like i said take us out with a prayer in his words father please walk us through the bad times as well as the good may we be heard and understood from the suburbs to the hood may you judge us by our hearts and not by our mistakes and see that we get our breakthrough however long it takes may you fill that void in our souls that will lay our fears to rest but there's no way we can live for Jesus when we're living in the flesh. So I pray that you allow our spirits to be born, grow strong, move on, know right from wrong. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. And we know what that means. But listen, we know the distance we need to be away from fire to keep it missing. That doesn't mean we'll listen. Lord, you take care of fools and babies. Teach women to honor their men and men respect their ladies. But lately, so many of us have gone astray, doing wrong for so long that we've forgotten the way. Please! Bring us back home, instilling us the word, which is our backbone. We're just children that act grown. There is so much that we're entitled to, yet we receive so little. Because in this time of spiritual warfare, we're comfortable in the middle. So I pray that you open our eyes. Give us the anointing to recognize the devil and his lies. If we keep our actions wise, our prayers sincere, our heads to the sky, you will diminish our fears. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. 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 If I was to drop it right now, my last thought would be, I've had a good life. Goddamn. 